record 97. Oh, what an honour it is to be in your earlobes. It is a joy. Thanks for having us there. Slightly weird thought, but we're thoroughly grateful to be hanging out there. So this week, courtesy of Babassa. Firstly, amazing word, right? Babassa, doesn't it just sound amazing to say? Uh, Babassa is a social enterprise, which kind of means charity slash business. It's got a business arm to generate some income and it's got a charity arm as well, doing generally brilliant, great things. Really up our street, Babassa, because their main aim, which you'll hear more about, so I'm not going to wang on about it too much, is to support young people, to help them realise their employment potential. So very up our street, as you can imagine, even if this is the first one of these that you're listening to, you get the general gist. We love people encouraging people to do things, especially if they're things that they love. So over to their founder, Poku. Right, so tell mm. me in a nutshell, mm. if I meet you, when, you, when you're chatting to people, mm. how do you describe what you do? In a nutshell, I would say that I work with a group of great people within an organisation called Babasa. And Babasa is an organisation that's set up to support young people from perhaps disadvantaged communities of some sort to progress with their professional aspirations. And we do that by delivering a number of services. Yeah, so tell us a bit more about the services then. So we, we do deliver a range of services. Um, quite specifically, we do um, work focus training, which doubles up as a mainstream equivalent qualification for young people who need to bridge that skills and knowledge gap if they wanted to pursue further education or wanted to move into employment. Um, we also do offer a mentoring scheme, a professional mentoring scheme, where we pair a young person up who's looking to perhaps pursue um, a career but doesn't have the affluent networks or doesn't know anybody in particular. Um, the other services that we do offer is um, our recruitment service, um, which we've just started, an entry-level role recruitment, where we get to work with local businesses um, to help them recruit diverse and resilient young people um, for their entry-level roles. And then we do have our event services, which we usually use as a means of communicating local opportunities to um, to young people. But by virtue of us being able to run events, we also do run it at times, as in we do run events for third-party agencies um, for a fee, and that's one, one way that we try to sustain what we do. Yeah, because that, I guess, is the question that I have. With, with running an organisation like this, the first thing that I think of anyway is how do you support it? How does it run financially? It's, a, it's always going to be a challenge because by virtue of working with young people who are one way or the other marginalised in society, it also means that they don't have a lot of um, spare cash or discretionary income, as, as I would put it, um, to pay for services. And, and it means that if they even they, they had that money, then it means that they, they are not in need anyway. So the way that we approach it is that we have the same things that we do for the young people we also look at it from a service perspective and do it for either professionals or, or businesses. And, I, and I'll put that into context very quickly. So when you take our training program, because they're experiential training programs, or we have the ability to, to design training programs, so it means that at times we also design um, some training, whether it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a diversity training program or whether it's a bit of um, how to better connect with young, young people training program, we do that. Um, and we, we, we sell that as a service to, to professionals. The other, for example, with our mentoring scheme, the professional at the other end also benefits from that. 
Um, so again, we, we're looking to package that as a professional development package for companies, meaning that it's another way for the staff staff to um, nurture their own co- coaching and mentoring skills. Um, so you can't say that in a way they're using the young people as a, as a practice as a practice base. It's uh, yeah, it's a two-way thing. Yeah, you need this kind of thing to be something that both sides are benefiting from, albeit right. in different ways. Well, funnily enough, actually, some of it very similar ways, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the la- and the last one, which um, which is quite, I guess, quite straightforward, is that by virtue of us helping young people into work, if we are selling to business that we can recruit for them, especially entry-level roles, um, for a bit of a fee. Um, then again, it makes sense for us. So we're not moving away from our core ethos or our core purpose and, and generating um, business services out of it. Those are the ways. But up up until date, I must say the biggest means of us um, receiving um, any income stream is, is either through commissions or through funded projects. Yeah. 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 But we're looking to diversify that some more. In terms of sustainability, I guess it's the way that a company like yours grows or a business like yours grows is you start yeah. with one way and then there's looking at more yeah. and more ways. Poku, take me back. Yeah. What is your background? Give us a bit of a timeline of how, how you ended up being here and doing this. Yeah. Um, so it, it was me personally as an individual coming back to the UK and I say coming back because I used to visit and go back to Africa quite a lot but I decided to relocate in December 2008 and I think it was something about the inequality that I was seeing for myself and um, from a foreigner's perspective you can say that you're looking at it thinking that how can a country be so wealthy and has the you know the ability to support all its citizens in a way allowing some of this of its own citizens um, to be so hard done by and from my perspective as well, you can also say that because I've experienced greater levels of deprivation by coming from um, from Africa, I had a lot of hope even for the young people that I was seeing, who perhaps were despondent of some of some sorts. I had a lot of hope that they, they nevertheless still have a great starting point in life. Um, and so when you put the two together and the fact that if I think of something, I, I, I would like to do it as an individual, then that's what really birthed um, Babasa. Not to say that I had any experience at all in youth engagement or um, supporting young people to pursue it, but it was a brilliant and a beautiful learning path that I chose to dedicate um, part of my life to then, but now not my entire life to. So you say you didn't have any experience in this kind of world. No. What were you doing before? It was crazy because I had come from the property world, uh, more the brokerage side of things and back home in Africa, but more investment properties I used to I used to deal in. But I still had an element of having to engage two different stakeholders, so to speak, the person who wants to buy and the person who wants to sell. And eventually setting up my own property company back home. So to be honest, I did only relocate well, one of the reasons why I relocated back was to get my master's in real estate and property management just to go back. Uh, so I had I didn't have that great intention of staying in the UK. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, and, and the other intention was that my, my partner was in her final year um, here. So then I thought, okay, if I come and I do my master's, that means we all finish around the same time and you know, hopefully we can go back. But yeah, you know, story on life many a times doesn't turn out the way that you, you, you plan it to be. You can say that again. Yeah. I mean, it's a completely cha- massive change in direction for you. It, it was, you know, completely. Um, so 
a lot of my friends back home and people who have known me for a while still still wonder and still ask, what am I doing? But um, in a strange way, I was talking to one the other day and he said, well, what, you know, how come you're still doing this? What is it? What does it do for you? Um, but, it, you know, I must say, I used to ask myself that, that question myself, that what am I doing? But it, at the same time, it's the same thing that was waking me up at 3 a.m. to work on documents or to try and, you know, um, support this young person who sent me his CV and, and I'm not even an expert in CVs. It, it, it was the same thing. It was a drive, really. And at times it's good not to ignore your drive and just go with it and see what, what, what you can make out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Look what can unfold from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so tell me, you said you started it off sort of, you weren't doing it full time. So was it a sort of thing you started up gradually on your own or you? Yeah. Yeah, how's it sort of come so, into what it's like today? So I wanted to volunteer just to be of support to, to young people one way or the other. I found this um, organisation that I was able to volunteer for and they had a broader remit um, because they were the smaller chambers of commerce. So I guess their focus wasn't on young people. I decided to, you know, step back, you know, step down from it. And um, from there, I had a call from some of the people who were working there uh, saying that they can see that I just want to focus on young people. They too want to do the same. And I said that, well, I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in starting something up in, in that case. And they said that they, they would um, love to support. Similar to most startup, you know, it's, it's, it gets tough. Um, so it means that at some point it became just me, but I still had that drive anyway. So I thought I'd follow it through. There were some few young people who used to hang around where I used to live. Um, and in a way, I, I was saying that, well, what, at least what we can do to start off with will be to, at that point, organise an event where you guys will work on it. And at least you can go back to employers and say that you've got some experience working on an event. Um, and afterwards, so you can see that they, they were volunteers on this community-based initiative. Uh, and after, after doing that, you know, whether it was their friends who were saying that, oh, can you help me? Or, or whether it was families, you know, saying that, oh, we've heard that you help young people. Can you do A, B and C? And mind you, I still didn't have any experience from that perspective. But you also did have people, you know, who were coming to some of these events. And we weren't holding them as regularly, um, who were saying that, look, if there was any young person who needs support, you know, let them know that I'm a businessman and I can help or let them know that I'm, an, you know, um, I don't know, accountant or whatever. So you can tell that organically, that's where the organization has grown from. It's grown from um, the same events, which we still, we still do, we still organize events a lot. The same professionals that we're using through our mentoring scheme. And the same training, so the volunteer aspect, that's what we've structured now into a qualification. That's so cool yeah. to see that. Yeah. I mean, being at the very centre of what it was and now yeah, just, yeah. it makes so much sense now to see that from the growth of yeah. where you are. Because like you said at the beginning, you never know what things are going to, what's going to come from these things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, it took close to, well, it took two years to figure out how it can be potentially a you know, business of, of some sort or a functioning organisation of some sort. And that's purely by virtue that, you know, if you're not looking to charge young people to benefit from what is it that you really want them to benefit from, then then how are you going to sustain it? Or how are you going to get the great minds to work with you to create even more impact within the communities that you want to serve? Yeah, it's your big biggest challenge. Yeah, and you know, that, and, and that, that is still a challenge, but at least for now, I think we have a much more clearer model in terms of how we're going to go forward. And that 
you can say give me gives me that level of assurance, even though it may still be challenging now. Do you think that that's time, Poku? Do you think that's like time for that to develop? What do you think that is? No, absolutely. I think um, I think was it Malcolm Gladwell who said that oh, if you need to be good at anything, you need to have at least ten thousand hours of dedication leading up to it. <laughs> it's and terrifying prospect. Yeah, and, it, and in a way, are you not that? You know, I'm, I'm saying that that's been the case for me, but. It's, it's really a question of time and dedication and doing the same things over and perfecting it as, as you go along. Um, but also evolving because what we're doing cannot sustain itself without the level of community support that it needs to get for it to sustain itself. In the same way, it cannot sustain itself without support from the business world. So in a way, it's, it's almost like a, um, it's, it's a microcosm of how society in itself works. Um, so, so, so it means that it's only time that would allow you to be able to build those relationships and it's only time that would allow you uh, for, for people to trust you to be able to start to work with you in that way. Absolutely, and um, people take time. Absolutely. Isn't it? And that absolutely. nurturing of things. Yeah. yeah, it's the same with anything. Mm, absolutely. Like, so it's, it has taken time and it had to take time because, like I said, I was no expert. I, I didn't get parachuted from, you know, local authority and, and had the I know it all hat on. I guess what I'm interested in, though, is like in that time, how did you support yourself? How did you stay motivated? Talk us through a bit of that side of things from you from a personal point of view. So it's it's been incredibly tough for anybody looking at it from the outside, but incredibly re-energizing for me looking at it from the inside. And that's because when when you're doing something, if you are just purely driven to do something, it's, it's never about the money per se, or it's never about, you know, every single thing that you do, you enjoy because you see how it fit, the, that puzzle fits into the bigger picture for you. Um, so it, it, it means that even though I've had to, you know, my, my typical average sleeping hour is about four hours or three, you know, three hours here and there. Last two nights, I, I did 45 minutes. I didn't, 45 minutes? Yeah, 45. That's inhuman. No, no, I know I know that that's crazy. That doesn't happen a lot. It's because, you know, there, there's a few things that we are doing at the, at the moment. But I, I, never, I never look at it and think that... Um, oh man, you know, this is too much or whatever. I look at it rather and think that, oh, I wish I have more time within my day to do the stuff that I want to do. And I, and I think that's the beauty of it. But in terms of how I practically went about, about it, I, I did hold down a job as um, RAF Careers. I started with four days and scaled it all the way back to one day and then left. <laughs> Not because it was a bad place, but it, it's just because, you know, the drive was somewhere, somewhere else. And so I was able to hold down that part-time role. Um, but also, in terms of you know, pure resources, i.e. a computer to work from, a space to work from, what, what I always believe in is that whatever that you are doing, because we all live in a connected society, it must be benefiting somewhere, you know, more, more than one stakeholder. That's my view. So you can say that I took that from the property world. And with that, you know, I remember making a phone call. I think it was to the council. I found a department. I, you know, I was thinking there must be a department here. Um, and I called them saying, hey, listen, if you can help me get one computer, this is how I can help you back. They said, no, we didn't be able to help you. And they didn't help. I was able to find another agency. They, they actually referred me to another agency. Who made, and I knew nobody in Bristol. But then you get your you get your computer and through the computer you're able to write quicker email <laughs> emails you're able to do all sorts of things um, and the same way I approached another organization and asked them if I can use 
you know, use their office space for meetings. And this is how we were also going to benefit them. So I guess in a way it's looking at that non-monetary transactions and, and collaborative work that benefits both stakeholders in the relationship. Totally. It's like mutual, again, it's like trading um, goods rather than Absolutely. money. I did tell a young person this the other day. I didn't, I don't know where it came from. I think it was, uh, you know, I slept well that night. And I said <laughs> More that, than 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I said that, you know, because he was asking a similar question, like, oh, how does he get this? He can't get the, and I was saying to him that he shouldn't forget that money is just a legal tender. It's what we exchange for what we really want. And by that view, it means that someone has something that you want and you've got something that someone wants. So before money, there was the butter. And in a way, think of it that way. And I think it's a brilliant uh, approach when you're broke. <laughs> oh, I think it's a brilliant approach full stop, but especially when you're broke. That is such a cool way to look at stuff. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. And especially in a society now where everyone's it's so material, yeah. you know, actually yeah. stripping it back a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's wicked. Yeah, I think money has become the end as opposed to the means um, for which it is which is fine because you know um, it's just just by, by virtue of the system that we do live in um, but at times if we were to, if we do take a step back and really look at what we want and look at what we can give for what we want we realize that we can do so much with our money I, I can give it, I can give it even one quite recent example. We were trying to do an enterprise competition, but we didn't have any money. But we wanted to do an enterprise competition for young people. Um, but by virtue of thinking who will be interested in something like that, we've been able to get the Bristol Junior Chambers to partner up with us. They're funding the young people and we're just putting the word out there. Um, so, so we're still doing our enterprise competition, even though the money is coming from a third party agent. And I believe there is always... There's always, always someone out there or, or, or an agency out there that you'd be able to work with. It's just so inspiring because it's just basically like, you're not going to give up. You're gonna, no, this is just no. it. This is going to make things happen. I love it. Yeah, I, I honestly do think, and I, I, you know, I don't think this is um, a cliche that, it, you know, if you really want to do something, so long as you start to focus your, your own inner attention towards that, whatever that you want in terms of resources or knowledge or avenues start to gravitate towards you. I, I genuinely do believe that. And at times it's when you start to lose lose sight of what, what is it that you really want to achieve or you really want to do, you, you start not to see um, on, the, on the same levels. But so long as you, you, know, you, you keep hold of that. That's not to say that it wouldn't be t- things wouldn't be difficult, but... Um, I'm, I'm convinced. I so agree. And I think it's that thing that there's, it's like, it's practical. Yeah. It's like the, the evidence for it. And the minute yeah. fear comes in or yeah. doubt or yeah. lack of confidence yeah. and you lose your sight, then yeah. of course it's hard to envisage. But yeah. when you feel clear on that, yeah. how amazing. Yeah. Um, Dal, tell me advice. What advice do you wish you'd been given um, mm. that might have helped you, you know, before you embarked on all of this stuff? Is there any nuggets that would have been handy to have up your sleeve um i'll try and give three. Oh, great uh, if, if i if i can remember <laughs> so one is to look out for things that reassures you of your strength and abilities in, in other words things that reassures your own self-confidence i think self-confidence um, looking back even you know growing up is is perhaps one of the biggest things that and any human being can ever give to to the next human being 
And if you're able to nurture that, depending on where, whatever makes you feel so self-assured or gives you that level of self-confidence, if you can nurture those relationships, um, two, just do it. And, and that is irrespective of what is it that you want to achieve as, as an individual, you know, irrespective of whether you feel you have the skills, whether you feel you have the, you know, you, you don't have the knowledge, you don't, you don't have this, you don't worry, just be okay to fall into your vulnerabilities and fears and, and be okay to let it consume you, but certainly don't, don't give up, just, just crack on through uh, and just like a tunnel, it, there is that light at the end of it, that light that you saw, um, so I'll say just do it. Um, the third is to is to really understand love, which may seem weird. Um, yeah, that, tell but, us more about that. Yeah, <laughs> just that small yeah, nugget you just dropped there, Pokey, I love yeah. it. Go into that more. It's to really understand love. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is that what, understand it for yourself, what is unconditional to you. Um, what you would do regardless. So the same way perhaps you may love your mum or, or your daughter or your siblings and irrespective of whether they, you know, they've spilled drinks over your bed or whether they've hit you or whether they've said some bad things about you, you know that you still love them and you still like to prepare some dinner for them or, or whatever. Find that within the world as well. And, and actually I would say try and um, amplify that through the world you know if if there is something that you feel that uh, you're, you're connected to approach it with that same level of love um because i do feel that it's only through that you can find your sense of self-purpose uh, or, or you can find purpose for your life totally because it comes back to what you were yeah. saying earlier about mm. doing something you know the way that your this whole thing has developed yeah. you know it's a it's a drive from you and yeah. tapping into that is fulfilling yeah, that, yeah. It's, really. it's fulfilling whatever that inner drive or inner calling it is, and 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 I because you will come against the hurdles that you know people letting you down or or, or on all sorts of things. The only thing that can sustain you then is the love that you have for for whatever that you, you are doing. But what's so exciting about that in terms of what we're talking about is yeah. you can get that from your job. Yes. Do you yes. know, you yes. can feel like that. You're yeah. talking about what you're doing day to day. And yeah. of course this is a bigger picture and it comes yeah. down to a personal experience and yeah. all that stuff. But this is a feeling that you can have about the work that you do day in, day out. Absolutely, you certainly can. And, and it gives you that thrill, you know, each, each morning, whether it's a challenge that someone will look at it as a doom or whether it's an opportunity that someone will go like, wow, this is great. Either gives you a thrill at, at equal measure. Um, and, I, I, and, and I, you know, it's, it's a special thing to, to be able to, to do as well if, if you're able to find yourself within that space and embark on such a journey. Yes, very much, yes. Couldn't agree with Poku more, quite frankly. You'll be very unsurprised to hear. It's it's not easy always to find out what that thing is. But definitely, if you are listening to this and there's just that little thing that you're always wondering about, just give it a bash. You can find a way to make it work. I pretty much guarantee you that you can find a way to make it work. So do it. 
And if you're in any doubt, listen to another few of these and that hopefully should do the trick. Thank you so much to Poku for chatting about the amazing work that they're up to. Very excited to see how those guys progress and how that all continues to grow and build. I just love what they're up to. I think it's brilliant. Something completely different in next week's Passion Pod, as is often the case. I mean, we go from, I don't know, charity funder, next week, comedian. And he's just released a book all around the year that he spent doing Groupon adventures. So... I mean, polar opposite from what we've been chatting about this week, but loads of inspiration, albeit in a very different way from our Passion Pod next week. So make sure you are subscribed to us on iTunes and then you'll be first to hear that. In the meantime, come say hi. We're on Twitter at Passion Pods and just love hearing from you. Any feedback you've got, good or bad, always anxious when I say that, but if you've got any, we'd love to hear it. Um, find us at Passion Pods. I think that's probably about it. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Mm-hmm.